The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. In last week's gospel, one of the uh, directions that Jesus gave was, do not judge lest he be judged, right? And that's a, a, a good rule for us to live by. But we also realize, even within as Jesus gives it, that it's a simplistic understanding that there is no judgment that we can do whatsoever, right? But actually we realize that there is certain judgment to be done and certain judgment not to be done. And I think that's important for us to be able to uh, distinguish because we don't want to become a judge who ourselves are hypocrites, um, but we realize that it needs to be done at certain times. We see that with parents, right? One of the best examples is that parents need to judge and correct their children. Uh, that's a necessity, and it's actually a good that needs to be done. If it's not done, there's actually great damage that ends up happening, right? We see it with superiors, right? In the military and elsewhere, that a superior seeing something done wrong needs to make a judgment and a correction. But one of the other ways is also as brothers and sisters. I think about that. Some of the, the way that I know that someone's close to me is actually if they're willing to correct me. Actually to judge and to be able to say that maybe I did something wrong or I, or I said something wrong or I need to change certain things about me, right? It's not somebody who's always telling me that I'm wrong, right? That's not. But a good brother, a good sister is going to be someone who actually makes a certain correction for me, who helps me to grow more. And so when Jesus says it is wrong to judge. He's not talking to the hypocrites. He's not talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to us. But we do have certain ways in which we judge. And he's not saying that all judgment or any help of our brother or sister is wrong. So we want to be clear that we do not judge in the eternal, right? We do not judge the eternal state of someone's soul, right? We should never judge that someone is beyond forgiveness 
or someone is beyond God's help, or someone is beyond help, right? We also can't judge the internal disposition of someone, right? We can't say whether the internal disposition or exactly what the intention of their actions are. And we need to be careful to ascribe judgment to people's actions that we do not know. However, we do have an ability to be able to judge with God's commandments, right? We don't judge what's right or wrong, but we do judge appropriately when we follow God's commandments and judge the world and our own actions as well as good or bad according to the commandments of God. One of the spiritual works of mercy is actually to admonish the sinner, okay? To correct the sinner. St. James talks about it, that if we correct the sinner, we actually cancel out a multitude of sins, partly because that sinner is no longer going to continue to commit those sins, right? So we're actually doing a good thing which has huge consequences. However, with that all being said, who's the sinner that we most often need to admonish? Ourselves. Most often the sinner that we need to admonish is not the person outside of us that is causing us perhaps pain or suffering or doing something wrong that is relatively minor but kind of gets on our nerves but is actually ourselves. We need to look at ourselves and to be able to say that, wow, I've got a big beam in my eye. I've got to be, I have to correct my actions. My actions do not align with God's commandments. I am not following the law of God. And so we ourselves need to look at ourselves and notice that. Now, what is that for? Do, do we just, um, just for ourselves and only focus on ourselves? Well, no. Jesus, I think properly and beautifully says here that we want to remove our wooden beam from our eye first so that we can see clearly and then help our brother remove the splinter from his eye, right? It's not uh, just about us, uh, but it is about us helping other people. And so we need to help uh, and do that ourselves. Now, thankfully, there are certain times and seasons when we can focus on it a little bit more. And coming up on Wednesday is a great season for us to admonish the sin within ourselves, which is the season of Lent. Now, Lent isn't exactly a time to, for our Lenten practice to give up sin. Uh, we should be giving up sin all the time, Right? So we don't, during the time of Lent, say, oh, I'm going to give up gossip. We should be giving up gossip all the time. It might, however, be a time in which we specifically focus a little bit more intentionally on those things that help prevent us from from, uh, engaging in sin. What do I mean? Well, we might be able to say that maybe alcohol is a good thing, right? But we need to interact with it sometimes differently depending on who we are. For some people, one drink is no problem. For an alcoholic, one drink causes, right, is the start of a downward spiral perhaps to out of control. And so we'd actually say that that single one is actually the cause of a greater sin, right? 
We could also say at certain times, maybe you recognize and you kind of look at your life and you say, well, the times when I sin most is when alcohol is involved. So even though that we can say that alcohol is a good thing, maybe we recognize that in our life it's not helpful for us. And often causes greater problems. And so during Lent, it might be a time to be able to say, I'm going to give up alcohol, right? Because it causes me to sin, right? So I'm going to give up this thing, uh, which we can say is good, but to be able to help remove some certain things that might cause us to sin. And to have a greater detachment, perhaps, from these things in our life. Now, when we're looking at Lent in those practices, I would encourage you to kind of think about that. Again, not to just give up uh, sin. We also don't want to give up things that we don't do. Like when I was growing up, I always wanted to give up school, uh, which, you know, I never could quite get any traction on, right? We don't give up things that, you know, we don't already do, right? It, it should be something that helps change us helps to remove that beam from our eye, or helps us in the spiritual life, helps us to grow closer with God in this time in the desert. And so the church speaks about three specific ways that we engage with Lent. And I encourage you to think about over the next three days and not just think about on Ash Wednesday, but to start thinking about it as a family, an individual of offering some sort of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, okay? Now, we don't want to load up and have 20 practices. Or we say, well, one rosary is good. Five rosaries have to be better. So I'm going to you know, do five rosaries a day. Well, no, that's not quite the best because it actually might cause you from not even doing any. We want to do something that is helpful, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but not too much. The other thing that we want to be careful of is not to offer a penance that other people have to suffer with. Okay? So like one of the things, if... Uh, if you're, uh, if you're one of the parents and you give up uh, meat or, you know, something else, like, maybe you don't have to have the rest of your family suffer from it as well. I mean, maybe they do. I mean, maybe they should, right? And the entire family gives up meat. But we don't have to inflict our, our penances upon other people. We might also, one of the other ones that sometimes happens is you might give up coffee. But if giving up coffee makes you a terrible person to deal with, uh, again, the idea is not to inflict penance on other people, uh, but, but for ourselves. Now, we should be able to give up those things, to be able to fast, and to be able to still be joyful and cheerful in it. So, ideally, we would be able to give up coffee and still be a wonderful person to be around. But if we're not quite there yet, maybe we need to just offer our penance to reduce our coffee, right? Uh, kind of in that or to offer something else. We also don't want it to just be giving up something. I think when I talk with a lot of people about Lent, a lot of the times it's just about giving up something. Now, I do want to encourage that we should give up something, okay? If you're giving up chocolate for Lent, that is, I, I want to say some people kind of poo-poo that idea. I think that's actually a really good idea. Give up chocolate, but don't have that be the only thing that you do. Okay, it is important for us to fast and to give up things, but that shouldn't be the only thing that we do just simply for kind of an idea of like, well, I'll give up chocolate or I'll give up sweets because that'll help me lose weight. Well, wait, are we doing a Lenten practice or a New Year's resolution? We're doing a Lenten practice to help us grow, grow closer to God in the midst of it. So our fasting should be something that helps us, that, that offers some sort of penance, and at times can be painful. 
We want to be careful during Lent to not um, sometimes fall into, again, a worldly understanding that pain is bad and um, pleasure is good. That that's kind of the pursuit of life, is the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Lent is actually an opportunity for us to reject that worldly understanding of, the, you know, of just pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain, but actually at times choosing pain. Why? Not simply because we want pain, but because we want to be closer to God. And that Jesus Christ himself shows uh, that he suffers out of love. And that St. Paul himself also, as the great saint that he was, also at times had to offer up suffering to purify himself as well. So we see suffering not as a thing to be avoided at all cost, but as something that we actually at times choose out of love. And so with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, maybe a fasting is fasting from the TV, not simply so that we have more time to work, but so that we maybe have more time to pray. Right? Maybe we fast from buying new things during Lent, not so that we just have more money in our savings account, but so that we're able to give more to the poor and to charity. Ultimately, we want Lent to be a season of growth. We want Lent to be a time where we help remove, where we admonish the sin within ourselves, the parts of us that at times uh, aren't conformed to Christ, right? Those, those beams in our eyes and to be more conformed to Christ in our life. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we look at the craziness of the world and maybe we can't do anything about Ukraine right now. Maybe we can't do anything about COVID right now. Maybe there's just so much kind of evil in this world and we kind of look at it, we, we want it to, we want to fix all of that. Well, the place to start this Lent and actually always is with ourselves. So this Lent, let us admonish us. Let us admonish uh, myself, a sinner within us, because that's where the world starts to transform. The world is a mess, not because they don't listen to us. It's because we ourselves are sinners. And we need to be conformed to Christ. And so let this Lent be a time of prayer, fasting, almsgiving, a time of conforming to Christ so that we might help our brother out in a true way, not just pointing out uh, their sins, but removing our sins so that we might be able to help our brother in our world.